Vajrajatramanandasya Janajana Salakaya Chakshun Militanyina Tasman Shri Guruvi Namaha Good evening everyone. So Bhagavan is the qualified absolute. Continue our discussion of the Bhagavat Sandarbha. We're on the third Anucheda. Just introducing the subject, which is the focus of this Sandarbha. The Bhagavat Sandarbhas. The Sandarbha is based upon the second half of the Vedanti Tat verse. Vedanti Tat Tat Vavidas Tatvam Yaj Janam Advayam Prameti Paramatmeti Bhagavan Iti Sabjite. Jiva Goswami is showing that that supreme absolute reality is, according to the qualification of the inquirer, manifest in three forms, as the impersonal Brahman, as the immanent self, Paramatma, and as the supreme being, Bhagavan. So read a little bit from the Anucheda. It's quite extensive, this third one, uh, because what we're doing here is Jiva Goswami is giving a definition of what is Bhagavan. So considering that Bhagavan is the supreme personality of Godhead, it's one big definition. In fact, you could write books upon books just trying to define what is the supreme absolute truth. But he's going to take uh, two or three different approaches just to form a, a groundwork upon which the rest of this Sandarva will be based, which will just elaborate more and more deeply what it means by Bhagavan in, in all of his aspects, both as Paramatma and as Brahman. So continuing from the last Anucheda, from this it is concluded that bliss or Ananda is the unqualified substantive, visesya. All the energies, its qualifiers, visesana, and Bhagavan is the qualified substantive, visista. In this way, being qualified by all his potencies, Bhagavan is the indivisible or total reality, akanda tattva, because he is the complete manifestation of the absolute truth. From this it is concluded that because Brahman exhibits no specific qualities, it is an incomplete manifestation of that truth. This will be explained in detail later on. So I think we'll go into some discussion on the various parts of this Anucheda the first part we've just read is one approach Jiva is using in making his presentation of developing how one would define Bhagavan. Because the verse is giving us information of the supreme absolute reality in three aspects. So he's already established that of the three aspects, the Bhagavan aspect is the higher conceptualized 
understanding. So all three understandings are there, all three understandings are valid, but there's complete, more complete, and most complete. So Bhagavan is the most complete. First he gives us an introduction into the nature of defining any subject. And he does that by looking at the way we would look at any substance, whether whatever it may be. So our substance, of course, is the supreme absolute reality, the supreme personality of Godhead. But that is a substance. Or we're a substance, we're a person, we're a jiva. So how do we how do we look at any substance, dravya? Um, it has three aspects. It has an un, its unqualified state. In Sanskrit, the word for an unqualified state is visishya. It has qualifying attributes. So it has visishya, what it is unqualified. Then it has qualifying attributes, visesana. And then it has the complete picture, visista. So let's take, for example, a cow. So if we just say the word cow, a conception comes to us. It's a cow. We have that in our vocabulary of, of the items in reality, so to speak. So we know what a cow is. Now if I say a white cow, then all of a sudden we've filtered down all the different colors of cows get, that could be there in our in our conception of what's being conveyed by the word cow. Now it's qualified. So that's simply what we're talking about when we look at Bhagavan. Bhagavan is qualified reality. It's reality, but it's qualified. So we have what is the supreme absolute? Well, you could say it's Brahman. Okay, that's fine. But when we add qualities, then we then immediately we have a clearer conception of what that absolute is. To say the Brahman, well, it's everywhere. You can't talk about it. You can't put your finger on it. It's in, it's indescribable. Well, we like indescribably delicious. We like Maduria. We like the sweet form. We like the sweet sound of the flute. We like the sweet interaction, the sweet leelas. That's what we're talking about, qualified. So these three terms are there. Jiva Goswami using this as an approach to, first approach is, let's just look at language. So let's look at how does language work. So in any dravya, any subject, any substance, you have both qualified and unqualified. And qualified always gives us better information, doesn't it? It should also provide us, as spiritual seekers, better information about the Supreme Absolute Reality. Now, a quality cannot exist independently of the qualified. When you have white, you have to attribute white to something. 
In this instance, we said a white cow, but it has to be a white wall. It take away all others, all the everything but the quality itself and what is white. In the logic of language that Jeeva is using, understand that a quality cannot be, exist independent of something that's being determined. Uh, quality cannot exist without its object. But one may not be able to perceive qualities. When you can't perceive the qualities, then it's called indeterminate. If you can't perceive the qualities, then, then the subject is indeterminate. Now we get into some fine nyaya, some fine logic here. This is very interesting. The first moment of perception, when we first perceive anything, there's no qualities attributed to that first moment. It's only in the second moment that we begin to attribute. So you may see a book on a table, but the first perception is there's something on the table. And then it's qualified by its bookness when your mind starts to process. Oh, it's a book. The bookness doesn't come. The bookness only comes to a mind that has a prior impression. A baby doesn't know it's a book. So the baby sees, oh, there's something on the table. But there's no bookness for the baby in the book. Now, Jeeva's trying to make this across. There's no perception of the Supreme Absolute without, without the qualities. But the qualities require qualifications to perceive them. So the whole point that the foundation he's building here is very interesting. That you have the Supreme Absolute Truth and you have it seen in three aspects according to the second half of this sloka from the Bhagavatam, Brahmati, Paramatmati, Bhagavaniti, Subjate, you have that perception there, but the perception is according to the qualification of the worshiper. The baby doesn't have the qualification to see bookness in the object sitting on the table. Not all spiritual seekers have the qualification. The impressions aren't there yet of a personal Godhead. They've got impressions of the Supreme Absolute, but their impressions may be, they may only go up to the, the apprehension of the Supreme as Brahman, the supreme, all-encompassing, everything, everywhere, spiritual force. Well, it can't have force because force is a quality which would be an attribute and the supreme cannot have any attributes because it's attributeless problem. Nyaya darshan, the initial moment of perception is indeterminate. This is something. There's something. The second moment is determinate. We obtain clear perceptions. This is a book. But one must have knowledge of bookness. Indeterminate realization is called Brahman. 
no determinate awareness. Worshippers' qualification still lacks higher-ordered conceptualization or completion. Then, Jiva goes on. We're using this logic, this Nyaya Darshan. Darshan is what? We're having a vision. So the way of looking at things. So this Nyaya Darshan when, a, when we take this Nyaya Darshan with these three items, unqualified, qualified, and then the item itself with qualities, we have to understand that in applying this logic, it doesn't completely explain Bhagavan. We have to go a step further in our understanding to the level of Achinta Beta Beta Tattva. So the logic only takes us so far. Then we have to go into the Tattva because the qualities of Bhagavan are Bhagavan. There's no distinction. It's not like a, a white cow. When we go on in our definition, because we're defining Bhagavan, we're going to go on. Don't look at it materially. So he set the groundwork. We've made the distinction now to give us some framework for understanding what are qualities and how qualities result in a deeper understanding. It's a more complete picture. But don't look at the qualities of Bhagavan the way you would look at the qualities within the material nature. Because in material nature... The qualities are distinct from the item that they qualify, whereas Bhagavan's qualities are his nature, achinta beta beta tattva. He has arms and legs. They're not material arms and legs, but he has arms and legs. They are his very self. His name is himself. All these attributes, when applied to the Supreme, to qualify him, are in and of themselves him in his completeness. Just a point. It's a chinta beta beta tattva. These ways of looking and looking at logic, I mean, this, this helps us wrap our minds around the Supreme. You can imagine the way these different schools of thought in India were all they're looking for the for the re, ultimate reality. I know in today's day and age, Kali Yuga and, and and our culture and our backgrounds here, absolute reality is the furthest furthest thing from our mind most of the time. But these thinkers, all these different schools of thought, it's the, at the top of their mind all the time. If we can just switch our consciousness to constantly be looking at all the different ways to perceive the supreme absolute truth and how it pervades everything, then that's Krishna consciousness. That does away with our material consciousness. God has to be in the white. All these qualities are coming. One way of looking, now we'll go on to the second. We're defining Bhagavan. So now we know Bhagavan. When we talk of Bhagavan and we attribute that name, you know, Jiva's going to go on and he's going to go 
He's going to go first to some definitions, different words that are attributed to Bhagavan, which are those qualities, Visesana, different qualities. And he's going to talk about those qualities and show that the qualities are actually non-different from what the qualified, as opposed to within the material realm, the quality needs an object. In the transcendental realm, the quality is the object. But still, it's qualities. When we say Krishna has these six qualities when we, that are attributed to Bhagavan, and then he's going to go from definitions into, let's look at the, at the word structure of the word Bhagavan. How do we look at the word? Bhagavan. How can we look at the word? What do these three syllables signify? So that's why this Anacheda is so deep, is he's trying to give us a very, very comprehensive definition for Bhagavan. So the first part of that definition we've now discussed, the fact that the qualified absolute is Bhagavan. And Naturally, that has to be the most complete conception. Now he's going to quote from the Vishnu Purana, and this is one of the exceptions. There are exceptions in the Sundarbhas where Srila Jiva Goswami will use some other Praman besides just the Bhagavatam. So he does take verses from other Puranas to make his different philosophical points, which are all in sections called Anuchedas. So this is Parasara Muni. He defines the absolute truth in the Vishnu Purana. That which is unmanifest, free from aging, inconceivable, unborn, never decaying, indefinable and formless, which is thus devoid of, devoid of hands, legs, and other such bodily limbs, which is supreme, all-pervading, eternal, the cause of all beings, yet without any cause, which is all-encompassing, but not itself encompassed, the source of everything, and known to the wise, is called Brahman. It is the ultimate basis of everything, and the reality disclosed through meditation to the seekers of liberation. It is the subtle truth described in the words of the Vedas, the supreme seat of Sri Vishnu. This Brahman is the essential nature of Paramatma and is denoted by the word Bhagavan. The word Bhagavan expresses that original, imperishable Lord directly. So that's quite a definition he's pulled. And now he's going to break it down item by item. That was uh, four verses from the <clears throat> Vishnu Purana. Then he takes another three verses from the Vishnu Purana to explain the meaning of Bhagavan. And then he takes another verse from the Vishnu Purana to explain Bhagavan in a different way, a way that we're familiar with of Bhagavan being that supreme absolute truth with six primary qualifying agents wealth, strength, fame, beauty, knowledge, and renunciation. 
beauty is is hidden in potency. The words are Aishwarya is the one qualifier, Samagrasya, Virya, Virya, power, strength, Yasas, fame, Yasoda, Mother Yasoda, Yasas, Shri, all kinds of potence, prosperity, unlimited wealth, Jnana, omniscience, all knowledge, and uh, Vairagya, all renunciation. We're used to hearing beauty in there, but beauty is Ashvarya. When you have all these things in complete fullness, there's nothing more beautiful than that. But Aishvarya truly means uh, everything, everything is within his control. All of these potencies in completeness, in totally, in totality. We're going to go back and now we're discussing this one uh, set of verses from the Vishnu Purana. So avyakta means unmanifest to people's senses. So the the verses that Jiva's quoted from the Vishnu Purana are giving different qualif- qualifiers to the Supreme Absolute. We cannot perceive with our senses. Atash Sri Krishna Namadi Nabaved Grahamindriya. It's not possible with the senses. Except one sense. When he wants to self-reveal himself through Sabda. It's not that we're perceiving him, he's revealing himself. So when we think of hearing of Shastra, hearing of the Holy Name, it's an outreach on the part of the Supreme to the Jiva. Not that the Jiva is using his sense to perceive. So again, it's a different and subtler way to understand what actually is the process of bhakti. Bhakti is completely independent. The word could be heard, like Krishna could be heard in a crowd of people, but how many are going to recognize and be benefited? Well, when we look at the Holy Name, everyone's benefited. But it's subda, it's his outreach. Independent of the fact that it has its own it has its own potency. That potency is the subda that touches the ear. And that potency, that spiritual potency, distinguishes it from a material sound vibration. Otherwise, it's unmanifest to our senses. We're not going to use our material senses to acquire knowledge of the Supreme unless he wants to make us aware of him. And that awareness begins generally with Sabda Brahman, sound vibration. He can manifest his form, he can't manifest his, his fragrance, he could manifest so many things to our material senses, he could present those to us. The second our senses perceive that, they're no longer material, but that's another subtlety. (laughs) But you understand the point primarily in the beginning stage, it's generally sound vibration.
that's the best sense we have going for us when it comes to perceiving the absolute, when he self-manifests himself before us. Subtle, but very important in understanding spiritual life. Achinta, inconceivable. Aja, free of old age and birth. Aksaya, free from the six types of transformation in the material body, birth, growth, sustenance, byproducts, dwindling, death. All these words we're saying the Sanskrit were all included in that definition. Anirdesha, beyond speech. This does not mean he cannot be described, only that he's unlimited and cannot be completely described. And he can only be described when the words that describe him have been empowered by him or his representative. Otherwise, we won't understand the words. But he gives us some indication in the Bhagavad Gita. What is that verse? Vedyo. By all the Vedas, I am to be known. Panipada Adi, a Samyuta, negates that Bhagavan's limbs are related by contact. Samyoga versus Samavaya. Again, subtly, a book is sitting on a table, and that's association by contact. But there's also association by inherency. A cow's milk is white. So you, you see the difference. One is by association. The book is sitting on the table. So, And the second is, of course, inherent. Generally, we have white milk. That's inherent in the milk, that quality, whiteness. What this particular words in the verse relate to us is the fact that Bhagavan's limbs are not related to him by contact because they are him. Bhuta Yoni, Aham Sarvasya Prabhavo, I'm the source of everything. That's Bhuta Yoni. Akarana, he has no cause or source. He's the source of everything. Mataparataram Nanyat Kinchidasti Dananjaya, there's no truth superior to me. No cause or source, nothing can be his source. Vyapi, he pervades all, but nothing pervades or contains him. Again, all these, from this Vishnu Purana, all these qualities, if you look, Krishna's pointed them all out to us in the very foundational text of Bhagavad Gita. Maya tadam idam sarvam, I pervade, support everything. So all these verses are there. Krishna's talked about all these qualities that he has that are his very self. Now, as I said, this this particular Anucheta looks by Nyaya, logic, Nyaya Darshan, a way of looking through logic, through scriptural support, Shastra, by giving taking definitions from the Shastra, and there are limited, uh, unlimited definitions 
of the Supreme within the Shastra. And each of those different words describing the Supreme can be unpacked in unlimited ways to give us a deeper and deeper appreciation. And now we come to the actual word itself. And Jiva says, well, let's look at the word itself. Because every word itself has potency. So we'll, uh, we'll start there with the next class. Any questions? I have a question that say that Bhagavan is um, we're the same in quality but not quantity Gurmaj kind of refined and says we're also not the same in in quality er, in quality Mm -hmm. is that true for all forms like Brahman, Paramatma we're different in quality from yeah, we are a uh, we are a shakti, shakti of Paramatma for his Shristi Lila, material manifestation. So we have we have minuscule Satchitananda, but that Satchitananda is so minuscule when we're in contact with Krishna's external energy, then it's it's near Ananda, just a a little. I mean, we are conscious. We are. We have awareness, so we have a little awareness, and we have a little beingness. We are. We do exist, but until the jiva has contact with Krishna's inherent potency, his internal potency, his actual swarup shakti, then the swarup shakti can be infused into the jiva then spiritual life begins then a true comprehension so yes we don't we don't possess all these qualities of the supreme although he can at his discretion infuse any jiva with whatever qualities in whatever quantity he so desires and we call that Saktavish. So you can have a Saktavish empowerment where Krishna makes you a great speaker or a great, beautiful devotee, all in relationship to his Swarup Shakti. In order to in order to exchange loving affairs, he does that often with his devotees. He gives them potencies and shows them off. This is my devotee but only when they have an infusion of his Swarup Shakti devotion. Would you say someone, like a Brahmavadi, do they have any influence of the Swarup Shakti? They have to have some little bit or they're not going to attain their perfection in their in their worship. So Satviki Bhakti, that's like, is that Swarup? There has to be some little bit of Swarup Shakti. Without a pinch of Bhakti, 
the the Brahmavadi will not be successful. Without a pinch of bhakti, the the yogi will not be successful. So there has to be some bhakti. The Sharup Shakti, they have to be touched by the Sharup Shakti. Now the hope and the bhaktas are always in the Shastra, everything's working in their favor because once they're touched by that, it can completely turn them. If they've completely purified themselves of material desire and they're completely situated on the transcendental platform, they have no material desire, then that touch, that is their perfection, can become their turning from these other conceptions to Bhagavan, to the complete conception. So like the Kumaras, the second they smelled from the feet of the Supreme, then their whole conception turned. Then they were no longer Brahmavadis, they became Bhaktas. When Sukadeva Goswami heard the verses, he was immediately drawn. He'd already, he was a Jivan Mukta, he was a perfected Mukta. I guess I just ask, is the quality of Brahman and the quality of like the blessed Ajiva, they seem like so similar. And it, it, it seems like almost more of a, like a Prabhupada speaks like a difference of quantity. But I guess, as you're saying, there's like... There is pleasure in realizing the nature of yourself. So much pleasure that you can walk naked in the world and not be affected. You have no desires of the material plane. We have the example of Sukadeva Goswami. He immediately left home, had no interest in any samskaras, any any purification. He didn't want. He just he he was out of there. I don't. You know, I'm fine. I'm satisfied in myself. There is some pleasure in that self-satisfaction of Brahman. That self-satisfaction of, of realizing your your being independent of the modes of material nature. There's a lot of satisfaction there. But compared to the Sharup Shakti, what's what's Rupa Goswami say in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu? Hmm? You can that's one analogy, and the other analogy it's it's not even a equal, equivalent to a, a drop in an ocean. So, do you have a drop of pleasure or you have an ocean of pleasure? You choose. The Srup Shakti is there offering. He was completely satisfied in himself. He was in bliss, right? Sukadev, walking in the world, when he heard the verses, that captured his heart. Must have been something more there. The bliss, bliss of Brahman realization exceeds the pleasures of the world a so, millionfold. So is it just quantity then? You said it exceeds it a millionfold. So is it the same thing, just more of it, or it's different? Well, it's also different. Is that your question? Yeah. Like yes, it is much different, of course. Yes. Same thing. Do the same thing? Yes. But one can have self-realization without realization. We call that Brahman realization. It's a partial realization. You're realizing yourself, and that's as far as it goes. The all-pervasiveness of the Supreme 
in your part of that supreme. That's the extent of Brahman realization. It's pretty far out. Hey, I'm part of I'm part of it all. I'm part of that su- the supreme energy that pervades everything. That's quite a realization. It seed it exceeds material life millionfold. But it doesn't even come close to the loving exchange that you can have with the higher conception of the supreme. It's the same supreme, but you're either you're either having a partial. It's like a ray coming into a cave, or you're standing in the sunlight. In the sunlight, you can see and see all the variegatedness of the world. In a cave with just a ray of sunlight coming through, which lets you realize you are part of that sunlight, what can you see? You can see a spot on the wall. That's it. It's nice, it's bright, it's like a little light. What's the difference between that and standing in the sunlight of, of everything that is Krishna? Where you can completely perceive his form, all of his qualities. You're, you have transcendental senses. Whereas Brahman, you've, you're, you basically, the only way you can see that ray, ray of yourself is you had to turn your senses off, qualityless. Am I giving some indication? That you're... Yeah, that, that helped. That helped a lot. Okay. Anything else? Thank you so very much. Hare Krishna.